0: Several people have commented about, "Wow, there's a lot of people out there," and uh, I just say, "Amen." <laughs> um, it's not a frightening, frightening view. It's a, a blessing. So, if you will, I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna pray, and I invite you to kneel if you want. I'm afraid I'm gonna cause fireworks with this mic, so I'm just gonna stand here and pray. But I, I invite you if you'd like to, to kneel, and we'll pray to start our devotion. Father in heaven, we wanna thank you this morning that you've been with us this, these last few days. And we want to thank you that you're with us always. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we become distracted by the things that, that the world throws at us. But we're thankful that you're that immovable object in our lives. And we just pray that we would follow you wherever you go. And I pray now that you would hide me behind your cross and that you would overshadow me with your spirit, and not only me, but those that are listening, that we might hear what you have to say and be blessed by it, in Jesus' name. Amen. Many of you don't know me, um, I've got to know quite a few of you while I was here. My name is Whitmar McConnell, uh, with my wife Lisa and our eight children. Yes, I've been fruitful and multiplied, but they're not. They're not actually. We've actually adopted four children. We we did high risk medical foster care for 16 years and adopted four of those kids. And um, so we uh, we own and operate, or are trying to get to the place where we own and operate Golden Moment Farm again, in means Kentucky. We've been in Colorado for the last 20 years. Came up against a battle with water rights and uh, decided we would. Uh, not continue to fight that battle forever. And so we moved somewhere where there was water. Can't do a whole lot of farming without water. So, have you been blessed this week? It's been cold outside, but be be thankful you're not where my daughter is, up at Canadian Adventist University in Alberta, Canada. It was minus 15 there, last that I checked, so. But irregardless, um, I don't know about you, but my heart has been really warm the whole time that I've been here. And I wanted to start off by sharing uh, Matthew, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. I want to continue. I, I, I was asking myself, you know, I kind of had my ideas of what I wanted to share, because I know I was going to be doing this devotional, you know, before I ever got here, and I kind of changed what I was going to do as I heard the presentations and the messages. And not so much that what I was going to share wouldn't be uh, uplifting and edifying, but but rather I wanted to continue the theme that I've been hearing at this conference. Um, Chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The world is starving to death. It's hungry, and I'm not talking about just physically, but it's hungry physically, it's starving. And people are hungering and thirsting after righteousness. They wouldn't frame it in those words, but after 25 years of interacting with the community uh, with food, I can tell you that they're hungering and thirsting for righteousness at all levels. I wanted to share a little bit, about why I do what I do and how I do it. Because you've heard when the ladies were up here sharing their, their experiences and everything, what was the most important thing about it? Was it how much produce they had sold at the marketplace? And when David was sharing, was it, was it about how big the farm was or, or all of that? It was about bringing Jesus Christ into people's lives. And, and when, we, when we farm, well, let me say this: we witness in our going out we don 't go out to witness, and so it 's just a matter of what are you nourishing people with when you go out and so when we go to the marketplace and when we farm in our interaction with the, the neighbors and the community, our first priority now we 're nourished by the farm, and regrettably i haven 't been very well nourished from my my own food for the last couple of years because we're in the process of moving and transitioning and I've, we had to sell our farming, our greenhouse operation and things in Colorado and we're not up and going here yet, and in fact I haven't, you talk about trusting the Lord, I haven't had an income off the farm in three years because of the, they, they in Colorado they told us, um, the, the water board told us, and they're trying to take the water because there's more revenue to be had from housing and, and shopping centers and all that kind of stuff. But they told us we could no longer use our water for commercial purposes. We could use our water, we could grow all that we wanted, but we couldn't sell it. And so, being the person that I am, uh, I determined, I told my wife, I said, Are we going to stop growing? I said, I don't plan on stopping growing. I didn't make a penny for two years, but I grew everything I had already had always already been growing previously and I gave it away I gave it away to people who were out of jobs I gave it away I gave it to the food bank because I was determined that I was going to continue to bless people whether the world would try to stop it or not and uh, so unfortunately I haven't and if I look look a little thin I, I I haven't been blessed by my own food and if you've ever tasted of the Lord and seen that he's good it's a hard thing to go without <laughs> and unfortunately a little over a year ago I got contaminated water out of a well and and uh, was sick for six weeks and lost thirty pounds and uh, was not able to gain it back any of it until I was finally this year we started growing again on our farm there in Kentucky and and I've started gaining the weight back which I'm thankful for um, but when we go to the marketplace our first priority is that people see Jesus Amen. and so when we when we go to the marketplace we bring the absolute best that we can bring remember you're when you when you're going into the, into the public you're witnessing and you're going out and so you're if we go in and say that we're Christians and we bring something to them that doesn't make any, difference, any more difference to them than what the world's offering them, Then what are we testifying to as far as to the character of Christ. So we always try to bring the absolute best. And the only way we can bring the absolute best is if we're in harmony with the word. And I mean that both in spiritual terms and I mean it in physical terms. But we would bring the absolute best and we would, we would represent ourselves or we would display it in the most invite beautiful way, I'll not just throw it on the table, but blend the colors and the shapes and the textures and everything, so that it painted a beautiful picture. You know, I don't know about you, but it, uh, I work with a health center, and we're trying to get them, we're trying to help them get up and producing their own, you know, highly nutritious food, because food's the number one medicine, and it's probably one of the weakest links we have in in trying to reach people and minister to people with health problems, because we're really not giving them everything that they could and uh, steve day who's who's running that center he really he really wants to do it and he's he's so busy he can't do it but when he gets these free moments he'll go out there and work around and plant stuff and then the uh he won't be able to get back out there and and guess what happens the weeds come and choke everything out and so i spoke to him one time i said that garden is an object lesson and here you have people coming, for example, who are already dealing with problems in their life. Their health is not right, you know, and in, in their mind they feel my life is just messed up. And how would you feel if you looked out over this garden, now their balcony for the Lifestyle Center looks out over where the garden is. And I said, how would you feel if you're discouraged and you're, you're, you're struggling with this difficulty that you're dealing with and you look out over a weed patch? And how, now let's look at it the other way. How would you feel if when you looked out over there you saw nice straight rows that were clean and orderly and beautiful and there were flowers here and everything looked cared for. And as, 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 as if it was doing well. It would be hopeful to you, wouldn't it? It'd be encouraging. And that's, that's what we need to bring to the world. And so when we go to the marketplace, we wanna make things, we, we wanna present it in a way that's beautiful. And then we wanna present ourselves in a way that's fitting of the, the character of God, we're there to care. And I wanted to just share a little bit. You, you've heard several things, and that's the priority. And so when we go to the marketplace, we use we normally use a scale. Now some people will put stuff in bunches or in baskets and stuff like that, but we typically use a scale, and we weigh things out. And the reason is we had we had so many people come to us and say, "Well, I don't need that much. Is there any way I could just have?" This or that, and so I decided we'd just do it by scale. And if somebody wanted one carrot, they could have one carrot. And if they wanted a whole bunch of carrots, they could have a whole bunch of carrots. And, um, but we always press it down and make it overflow. And we'll watch, I always watch the customers when, when we put stuff on the scale to weigh it and have this very, they're watching close. You know why they're watching close? Because they think I'm going to try to cheat them and then when they look at the scale and they have a pound of stuff and I, or they have a pound and a half of stuff and I only charge them for a pound they look up at me and you just introduce Jesus to them I had a I had a, a woman who came down and she was very upset you could tell she was very upset and she had come down to our stand and she um And so I said, what's the matter? I asked her, what's wrong? You know, if we're true Christians, we're concerned about people's well-being. And she said, I bought this bunch of beets from this other stand up there, and I got them home, and they were rotten inside. And so I brought them back to them, and I asked to get my money back, and they said that all sales were final. And first of all, to me, I thought, even good business sense would tell you to, <laughs> to at least give them their money back or at least exchange them a bunch of beats for, for what you have done. That just makes good business sense. But I thought to myself, and you know what my response to her was? Take a bunch of my beets. Come on, how much can a bunch of beats cost compared to a person's right. spirit and, and well-being? And again, her jaw dropped, and she said, you don't have anything to do with this. Why are you giving me? Why are you giving me a bunch of your beads? And I just said because it's not, you know, it's not worth that kind of stress on your life over a bunch of beads. God can, God can replace that bunch of beads. I don't want you to have to be so stressed out about that. And I didn't, I didn't comment about what the other person had done at all. I just showed them what Jesus would do. And everything and so so you could go on with this but but my point here is is that yes we go out to provide a livelihood for ourselves and we grow to nourish ourselves and we also grow to learn from the word and you are learning from the word in that garden and uh but our first, our first priority, if we have to give up every other one of those, is to make sure that Jesus is witness to, that God is witnessed, that the true character, the image of God is testified to in the world, because isn't that what God's calling us to? Now, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. After, you were blessed by these meetings, right? How well equipped do you feel to go out and, and do all of this? How many people feel, really feel they're just, they got it all together and they're ready to go charging into it? I've done this for 25 years and the longer I do it, the more of a little child I feel like. Because the more I learn, the more I realize that there's so much more to learn. But you know what? We don't need to worry about that because God is fully equipped. Amen. And, and that's what we need to remember. And I want to take us to Isaiah 55. If we go out, because God's calling us to follow Him, and look at the history of uh, look at the history of uh, of God's people, including our own history, how many times did they obey Him? It was very rare, wasn't it? How many times was God faithful? Always, always. So, I want to read in Isaiah 55. Starting in verse 6. The most important thing is we're following the lamb wherever he's going. Okay, Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon For my thoughts are are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Models are designed to achieve a purpose. And one of what I tried to share this week was that we need to try to find God's purpose. In what we not only in his word, but in what he made. You know, in fact, in, in uh, Steps to Christ... Spirit of Prophecy says that if we will bring together the lessons from what God made with the lessons from his word, it will bring deeper conviction. There will be a deeper understanding and a deeper appreciation because we'll see the harmony between the two. Um, But a model is designed to achieve its objective. And if we try to take a model that's not in harmony with God's word, and overlay it with religion. Guess what's going to happen? What's going to work? Is the religion going to get its way, or is the model going to get its way? The model will always get its way. It'll always get its way. And so, if that model is not in harmony with the Word of God, then um, it will achieve its purpose. But we say here we want to we want to achieve God's purpose. And so. We need to continue to strive. What I would like to say is we need to press together as a people. We need to do like the pioneers did at the founding of the church, and we need to come together, Larry, like you shared. We need to come together, and we need to pray to God, and we need to appeal to him to give us clarity. There's not a, I don't believe there's an insincere person in this world, I mean in this, in this room. We all want the same thing, and so let's go to God and let's get the same thing because it's as we come closer and closer together that we will fully more fully reflect the character of God and lastly I want to share as I started out that the world is starving the world is hungering and thirsting after righteousness and again like I said the, they wouldn't put it in those words but I know from my interaction with with people and it's it's at all levels. It's not just spiritually, and it's not just physically. They're starving to death, but we live in the most connected world, a connected world ever. Technology is connected. You know, that made the world, the globe, a small place, and yet people are more isolated than they've ever been. I wanted to share an experience just so you understand. this, that that we witness in our going out. We take the spirit of Christ with us wherever we go, in whatever we're doing. So that, for example, you might be in a checkout line, just a checkout line. And you know what, I don't worry about how many stars are in my crown, I worry about how many stars are going to be in crowns. And so in the checkout line, you know, you come through there and the poor cashier has been, everybody's grumpy and miserable and, and she's had to deal with that or he's had to deal with that all day long. And you come along and you're simply friendly and polite. If you, don't, if you don't think they notice that you're mistaken, they notice. When we, when we said that we were moving from Colorado, we thought a lot of people really didn't, didn't matter. When we did foster care, we had a child, we couldn't go to church because he could, we couldn't take him to church. And so we weren't to church for like six months when we first got him. You know, nobody called. Nobody came to see, you know, how come we weren't in church and everything? And so some things can happen like that. I don't know if you feel that way when you try to follow the Lord, and sometimes it feels like, well, nobody cares. But when we said that we were going to be moving, all of these people all said, no, 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 you can't move. We need you here. And the vast majority of them were people that weren't in the church but there were quite a few in the church. And my wife said, why didn't they say that while we were here? (laughs) Um, But one, one person who was not an Adventist, not a Christian, said to us, you can't leave because you're our anchor. We take courage and hope in your experience. And so, don't think because somebody doesn't say it to you that they're not experiencing it that your life is is not impacting other people's lives and so we need to be sure that we're bringing the fruits of righteousness to, righteousness to life at, a, at every level people are starving at every level and so I just want to cl- I want to finish with that i want to I, I want us to end this this conference with what's already been shared here is that Jesus Christ is what the world needs, and it needs to be our first priority in life. No matter what we're doing, I tell my kids, I don't care if you're farmers, but I just want you to learn from the farm, and that's what I want them to learn. And so I, I, I believe that you did, and I hope that you did um, learn more of the the love of God, and and how to and how to share it with the world. But don't be afraid, because I know how it is. You get these numbers and this information, and sometimes you get something a little bit different here and a little bit different there. And oh, and you and it's like spiritual indigestion almost. Sometimes it's just or mental indigestion. You're overwhelmed by it, but God is not overwhelmed. Amen. And if our and if our purpose is to to follow Him and to witness to the world as we've been called to witness, He will bless what you do. You may think, boy, that didn't do make any difference, or I didn't really do what I could have done there. But if you if you witness and you're going out, there will be stars in, crown, in people's crowns. May not be yours. It may be, but there will be there will be people in heaven as a result of that that you didn't even know you made that difference. So I want to leave us with an admonition from Hosea 10:12. Because you see, the, the reality is that, that uh, the, the earth is waxing old, and we're, we're waxing old. God's going to have to give us new bodies, and he's going to have to create a new earth because those things are deformed. They're destroyed. But Jesus in Revelation calls us: we're called to keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. So that in that deformed body, just as Jesus did, and that's the greatest hope we have, God can restore his character in our lives. And we need to, we need to um, storm, if you want to put it that way, the gates of heaven. We need to go to the throne of grace and ask for God's grace and God's power and God's understanding and God's purpose. Anyway, Hosea ten twelve. Sow for yourselves righteousness and you'll reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you that you've given us the ability to turn our eyes away from ourselves and to turn them on you, our blessed hope. And I just pray that from what we've heard at this conference, in the the meetings that we've gone to, in the fellowship with each other, in the sharing, that we've got a better glimpse, a greater glimpse, a deeper glimpse into your character, into your love and your purposes. And I just pray when we go out these doors that we don't leave it behind, but that we take it with us. And not only that we take it with us so that we're nourished, but we give it to the world. We give it to those who come into our, that our lives interact with, so that we can hasten your coming, because it's your image that we need, the world needs to see. It's a confused place, and they need to see a clear image of who you are. And I just pray that you would help us to be those people who share that image with them so that you might return.